I'm going to read a statement that I wrote in my book, in the book Proving the Bible Wrong. I'm going to read a statement on how I feel about the Bible. And, and it's this. The Bible is God's word. It's a collection of writings where God took the initiative to make himself known to his creation, and all scripture is inspired by God. It speaks on many different topics. When the Bible mentions things of history, it is accurate. When the Bible mentions things of nature, it is accurate. It is only when the Bible mentions things of science do we have to change the natural reading of the text to fit a modern scientific view. When interpreting the Word of God, we should let the Bible stand on its own. No matter what science, human knowledge, ever claims, I firmly believe that every Word of God proves true. Now this is my stance when it comes to the Bible. Because when I started looking into this topic, this idea of what if Genesis 1 was correct, I came into conflict with what I believed and what I read. The Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1. Now the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. This is what we know about Genesis 1. We know this, that man is not the subject, it's God. And you will see over and over again, God said, God said, God said. It's something that comes from his perspective. That's why the Bible says God saw that it was good. God is the one speaking. God is the one revealing. God is the one telling us. Now, it's hard to imagine Genesis 1 as an accurate text because everything that we know from modern science it's hard to imagine that Genesis actually is an accurate text. We, we, we don't really read it that way, especially those who are educated, those who are smart. We don't read it that way. But why is that? I mean, do we really believe what the Bible says? Do we really believe that every word of God proves true? Is there really, is there really water above the sun? That's what the Bible says. Listen, I'm not here trying to give you my opinion. I'm just giving you the simple reading of the text. See, it's hard when we start doing this, when we start going down. And that's why science is so important to me. Because science has been used to impact our life more than we know. Now listen, this sermon is not about science. So just don't tune out right now. The sermon is about finding a good teacher. But science is used to impact our lives more than we know. And because of science, it changes the way we read the Bible. Because of science, it changes the way we read the Bible. Science has changed the way we think about God's Word. Science has really changed the way we think about God's Word. Now, there's a, there's a book called Atomic Habits. And it's this book about forming good habits, bad habits. I was in a meeting. This book was recommended to me are recommended to the group as one of the good books to read in order to, to, to de develop your leadership skills. I've seen this book around. Matter of fact, before I even went to this meeting, I had it on my, my reading playlist or my reading queue in order to, to get through this book. And, and so it was, it's a book that I was familiar with, but I just never really dealt with it because I don't really like reading books on psychology. But I finally, I saw this book was there, and I decided to read it, and here's some of the things that it says. Here's some of the quotes. Success is a byproduct of daily habits, not a once-in-a-lifetime transformation. It also says getting 1% better every day counts for a lot in the long run. 
Here's what someone wrote on a Christian website, a Christian bookstore website that said this. This is a review of the book. A perfect way to start your year off. Self-reflection combined with strategic, small, but effective changes have been proven to be extremely worthwhile. James Clear has helped me learn to diagnose and see both good and the negative habits that are controlling my life. Positive change and progress is possible. Just a good review for a book. But here's the problem that I have with this book. The problem that I have with this book is that this man does not believe that we come from God. This man's whole ideal of who you are has nothing to do with God. You are simply a byproduct of a chemical soup that happened billions of years ago. And all of us, the reason why you need billions of years is because that's how you explain and get rid of God from the story. If you just push it back far enough, people will just imagine that it could happen on its own. But basically, you are here today because of a rock. I know they tell you in school you're here from a monkey, but they really believe you came from a rock. And then that rock somehow transformed into chemicals, and chemicals end up transforming into life here on earth. See, this man believes everything that is not what God's Word says. Science has changed the way we read the Bible. Now, now I'm not talking about everyone has to be a literalist when it comes to the Bible. Because we know that taking things literally sometimes is not what the Bible is intending us to do. But Genesis 1 is a unique story, and, and next week I'm going to actually talk a little bit more about Genesis 1 and how, how we handle it as Bible scholars handle Genesis 1. But the idea that people form opinions because of science that changes the way we read the Bible really does bother me. It really bothers me because do we really believe the Bible at face value? I'll tell you, these last couple of years, all I have been doing is believing the Bible at face value and things have gotten worse. But I refuse to stop believing. Why? Because I, I live by a simple principle. God is not a man that he should lie. Burn that in your soul and your spirit because when God speaks to you, the Bible says it will happen. And that when he promises you, will be fulfilled. Why? Because God is not like us and he does not lie. That is a statement you can go to the bank on. That is something you can just proclaim. And I don't care how bad or how horrible or how problematic your life may be. God does not lie. And what does he say? That when you are going through times of trouble, he is ever present that you will, as long as you ask him, he will do anything in his name. But do we really believe the Bible? You see, these are good stories and these are, these are things to help us, but do we really believe the Bible? I do. Over these last three years, I've decided, I've learned this, that there is no other truth outside of Scripture. God is truth. And here's what I also learned about mankind. That God, that mankind tends to lie. And everything outside of the Bible tells me God is not who he is, but everything inside the Bible tells me everything who God is. So this is why it's important to know what we believe and who's teaching us. This is important to know that the ideal of a teacher, a good teacher, is what we need. You know, the Bible tells us in Ephesians 4, it says, some, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers 
to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach um, unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of fullness of Christ. The Bible tells us this in Ephesians 4, that Jesus himself gave to the church gifts. And these gifts are apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, and teachers. Now, some people will argue that the time of the apostles is done. And, uh, and we'll get into that in a few weeks when I talk about apostles. But apostles, the time of the apostles, and, and it simply means in its simplest sense is someone who was sent with the message. Someone who was sent with the message. Jesus gave to the church apostles, people that were sent with the message. Jesus gave to the church prophets, people who proclaim the inspired utterances on behalf of God. People that proclaim God's word to us. The prophets. The evangelists. The one who goes and announces the gospel to people. The one that speaks to people. You know, our latest, you know, probably one of the greatest evangelists in our modern time was Billy Graham. He just had a, a gift, an anointing to tell people about Jesus and people would come to find him. You have the pastor. Someone who cares for the flock. Someone who watches over the body of Christ. And then you have the teachers. You see, Jesus gave five things. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. But it's the teacher that we tend not to focus on too much. You see, because, you know, if, if you're an apostle, man, you're, you know, you're someone like Peter or Paul. You know, you're someone who's of great faith and has the ability to go and to be sent by the Lord himself. If you're a prophet, oh, man, you have the ability to speak God's word. You're a prophet. Or evangelist, you can sit there and you can preach to people and thousands of people can come to Christ. Pastors, well, you put up with me every week. But teachers, teachers are really not emphasized in our understanding. And yet I believe this, that it is the role of the teacher that has been infiltrated by our enemy to undermine the authority and the power of God. Now, I don't say that just to be a conspiracy theorist or to say that I have some, some intellect and, and, and I, I know some secret strategy by our enemy. No, I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is this, is that as I have noticed, as I've studied over the last three years, the ideal of science, God's word, man's word, I realize that teachers play a vital role in how you understand God's Word. Teachers play a vital role. What is a teacher? According to the Bible, it's simply, in general, a person who teaches others, someone who teaches others a, in church leadership, a person who teaches doctrine or the way of life in Christianity. And God gave the teacher to the church to help us understand what it means to live for Christ, to, to understand who God is. Now, I'm not talking about teachers as we would know, like in school, because how many know that once you finish school, you never want to hear the word teacher again, right? I mean, I'm done with that stuff. My wife was so happy when she graduated from North Central. She says, I'm never going back to school again. I'm so done with teachers. And the first job she had, she had to go back for training to college. So don't ever say that. But teachers, you know, we, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people that are in charge of teaching us what the Bible says. Teachers that are supposed to help us to develop good doctrine. Doctrine is simply just teachings 
about our faith and how we understand our faith. Now, Bible teachers are supposed to help us understand God's Word. But what is the problem if you don't understand God's Word? Number one, or the first thing is that if you don't know God's Word, if you don't understand God's Word, you'll never understand who God really is. You'll never understand who He is. Because if you don't understand the Bible then you'll never understand who God is because it is his word that has been revealed to us. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God breathed. This is his life that he has given us. This is who he is and he breathed it into those pages of the book. All scripture is God breathed. And why is it important for us to know the Bible? Because we will never be able to learn. We'll never be able to be corrected. We'll never be able to be aligned with who God is if it's not for scripture. The Bible tells us that it gives us the ability to be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The reason why you see people who have great faith is because they've been equipped for the work. When people go through and you're like, man, what a blessed life they have. They've been equipped for the work. When people go through hardships, yet you see their faith and you, you see them just continue to believe God, they've been equipped for the work. And the only way that's possible, the only way is by knowing God. And the only way knowing God is through his word. If you don't understand God's word, you'll not understand the power of God. The power of God. Mark 12, 24 says, Jesus says, are you not in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God? What is the power of God? It's simply the ability to do what is asked of you. The power of God is simply the ability to do what is asked of you. I remember in 2014, I was so frustrated with life. God asked me to do something that put me nothing, except the only thing it did was cause heartaches and, 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 and hardships and embarrassment, and we were just, just hurting as a family in 2014, all because God asked me to walk away from my job and depend upon this church to live and I said, God, in 2014, I was so frustrated, so mad. And I said, God, how come you've done this to me? Why, God, why? And I'm just having one of those heart-to-heart -heart moments with God. And I said, God, would you please tell me, explain to me why you would allow me to go through this? Why would you ask me to do this? Why, why? Why would you ask me to do this? You know what his response was? Because you would. Okay, God, maybe I didn't make myself clear. Please, I, because you would. Why would I do that? Because what he was teaching me in 2012 and 2013 was to trust his word. And that's all I had was his word. All I had was the Bible and the promises that he made and the things that he spoke to me. And because I believed it, I was willing to do things beyond my natural ability. But it wasn't because of me. It wasn't because Peter Ortega was some great man of faith. I was, I was just recently complimented by some people I really respect talking about how great a faith that I have. And they're like, oh man, Pete, you just got such great, it's humbling, your faith, faith, faith. I'm thinking, what are you talking about? I'm the little boy in the prayer closet saying, God, why? God, how? God. But you know what? I do believe this. I believe his word. And his word says that it is the power of God that gives you the ability to do what he is asking you to do. It's his power. It's his power. So if you don't know scriptures, you do not know the power of God. And you will not be able to do what he's asking you to do. Listen, God is not asking us all to do crazy things. God is not asking us all to do scary things. God is asking us just to obey. 
I was just reading a book that, that I enjoy, and uh, he said in there, he said in there, there is no plan B, which is something the Lord told me. There is no plan B, because the, what are the other options? Disobedience, disobedience, disobedience. <laughs> there is no plan B. But when you don't think you can do it, you got to remember it is God's word. It is his power that gives you the ability to walk forward when everything inside of you tells you to stop. This is why it's important to understand God's word. If you do not know God's word, you don't, you'll never truly know who God is. You'll never understand the power of God, and you will never develop holiness in your life. You'll never develop holiness in your life. The Bible says in John 17, 17, Jesus prayed, sanctify them by the truth. Sanctify them, meaning make them holy, God, by the truth. Your word is truth. You see, Jesus wants us to be holy just as he is holy. He wants us to be perfect just like our heavenly father is. Well, Pete, that's never going to happen. I'm never going to be perfect. Of course you're not. But when you allow the Word of God to just saturate your life, you know what happens? All those doubts, all those fears, all those things that are causing you separation from God, which we call sin, all those things begin to wash away. And He sanctifies you. He washes you. He fills you with His Word. How can a young man stay pure? By hiding His Word in the heart, in your heart. That's how you do it. You put God's Word in there. And when that happens, you become holy. You become righteous. And I don't know if you understand this or not, but the Bible says this little thing that the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. I'll tell you, God will move on your behalf when you allow him to sanctify you with his word, with his truth. If you're not happy with your prayer life, get into his word because it will just begin to energize your belief and your faith and it will also take care of those things that need to get out. So if you do not understand God's word, you'll never truly know who God is. You'll never understand the power of God. You'll never, develop, you'll never develop holiness in your life. And you'll never develop a deep love for God. A deep love for God. I'm telling you, when you, when you get into his word, you will start to love the Lord like you never loved the Lord before. John 14, 15, Jesus says, if you love me, Keep my commands. Well, that doesn't sound like a good relationship. You remember when, I remember when 25 years ago, there at the altar, watching my bride come down the aisle, and I knew my life would be changed forever. Because she, when, she, when I said, I will, she says, you will. Absolutely, you will. No. <laughs> Things change. And Jesus tells us that if you love me, keep my commands. What people don't understand is this, that when you keep his commands, when you live a life according to his word, you fall in love with God more and more. Because I'll tell you this, people may find a God that is judgmental, a God that is condemning, but when you get past the forgiveness and he forgives you, you know what you will find? A God who is compassionate, a God who is gracious, a God who is kind, and a God who will never fail you. I guarantee you he'll never fail you. I am here today because of a promise he made me. And he wrote it in his word. 
that he would ever be ever present in times of trouble. He wrote it in his word when he said in Psalm 91 that because Pete loves me, I will be there for him and I will show him my salvation. You see, this is why I de- you can develop such a deep love for God more than just an emotional thing, more than just a, a I go to church once a week thing. It becomes a life of love and devotion to the one who has given so much. I'll tell you this. When I read in Hebrews chapter 8 that the Bible says that he remembers my sin no more, I know why he doesn't remember my sin anymore because he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for me. Someone who was not worthy of anything. Just as Lisa's saying this morning, I don't deserve a thing. But he gave so much. Why? Just so that we could be together. And that causes love. That causes a loyalty, a commitment to the Lord. But you'll never understand that if you don't get into his word. And if you don't understand God's word, you'll never understand, you'll never understand who actually lives in you. The Bible says, in the beginning was the word, John 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. We're talking about Jesus. And through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. And in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. And here's the verse I want you to understand. And the light shines in darkness, and darkness has not overcome it. The Bible says that Jesus was there in the beginning, and everything was made, everything was made because of him. And it says that the light shines in the darkness, and darkness has not overcome it. Do you know who lives in you? It's the one who has never been defeated. You know who lives in you? The one who has never been defeated. It is Jesus. It is Jesus. This is what teachers are supposed to teach us. The importance of the Word of God. The truth. Helping us understand what the Scriptures teach us. But today's times are different. Today's times are different. You know, when people, when people want to learn about God's Word, they don't turn to the rabbi who's teaching in the synagogue. In today's, in today's situations, they don't go to Sunday school class, and many churches don't even have Sunday school classes anymore. And you know what? People don't want to bother the pastor. They don't want to bother the pastor because, you know, we don't want to bother the pastor with questions. I'll tell you this. My wife bothers me all the time with questions. It's not a bother. So how do people learn today? How do people actually learn you know what they do? They Google it. They go search online for answers. They go, they go turn to books or they turn to people that they, they see in mega churches because look at they have such a large church, they know what they're doing. Or they listen to podcasts or video blogs in order to get answers. When it comes to science or religion or gender, or divorce, money, marriage, the end times, they are quickly able to turn to resources at the tips of their finger to discover what they need to know on any topic that's available. That's why Daniel 12, 4 says, many will go here and there to increase knowledge. Because see, today, our society, we have so much knowledge available to us. We have so many resources available to us. 
It's so funny that we have all this knowledge and people have just gotten dumber. Matter of fact, I was reading an article from U.S. News that says the newest study says people are getting dumber. I didn't have to go too far into this article. I agreed with it. All of this increase in knowledge and it's not helping our culture. Why is this? You see, why, why do we have all this, these resources? And here's why. 2 Timothy 3 tells us this. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to the parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. This is a very humbling list when you start to realize that this is a description not just of today, but then. You see, they didn't have to figure out how to be immoral. They didn't need the internet in order how to be immoral. They didn't need people, teachers and universities to tell us not to believe in God. All of this stuff has been happening since the beginning because it's our enemy. And just because we have faster tools or more resources available doesn't make it easier or harder it's simply just available and this has become our situation in life this this description has become a a good example of our world and what bothers me the most is having a form of godliness but denying its power because see you you can have religion you can have a a religious spirit, but you have no power in your life. Which which Jesus told us that Scripture is power, the power of God. You don't have that in your life. It says this, have nothing to do with such people. They are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over the gullible, who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. The teachers have wormed their way into our lives, into the church. Teachers. Teachers that are not telling us the truth. Teachers that are not explaining to us what God's Word is. Now, I'm going to just be very honest with you. I don't think that I am perfect when it comes to understanding God's word. I don't know everything. I don't. I'm sorry to disappoint you this morning. I do not know everything. But I do know this, that if you just continue to seek the Lord and put him first, that the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth, that the answers are available. We may not know it off the top of our head. We may not understand it, but it's available to you. You know when Do you know that when God brought the Bible together and it was finally complete, God wasn't up in heaven rubbing his mustache. (laughs) Now they're going to have to wait 2,000 years for someone to explain what I wrote in Revelation. (laughs) No, he wrote it for you to understand. He wrote it for people in the dark ages. He wrote it for people in the scientific revolution. He wrote it for people at the turn of the 21st century. He wrote it for us to understand. But teachers have played a vital role. They've 
caused us to stop learning the truth about God's Word. So here's, here's what I'm going to propose this morning because this really is setting up next week and, and what, what I believe is important on how to find a good teacher. But here's what I propose to you today. Look into the Word of God. Get into the Word of God. Study the Word of God. Learn the Bible. Because when you do, you will begin to understand who God really is. You will begin to understand who He is. But you'll never do that apart from the Word of God. You must get into the Word of God. If you are, if you are afraid of facing tomorrow, do you know what you need? You need a little more power. Now, I was, I was here just the other day doing the yard work for the church. And um, I had a, a fancy weed whacker. It's battery operated. Now, I didn't want to buy a battery operated weed whacker. It was just cheaper to buy the bundle and get the blower that I wanted. And so the weed whacker came with it. And so I got this battery operated weed whacker. And I'm going around the church and I'm praising the Lord, just thanking the Lord, trying not to get bit by a wasp. Just, oh, praise the Lord, you know, having a good time. And all of a sudden, towards the end, all of a sudden, I just saw the grass blades doing this. Just going back, right? Because what was happening? I was losing power. I was losing power. And man, I, I sat there and I even put it at a sharper angle and it just kept dying on me. And so you know what I did? I opened up the trunk. I grabbed a brand new battery. And that grade, that blade of grass was not going to defeat me. And that thing went flying. Why? Because I just had a little power. Just a little more power. Sometimes we're, we, we just try to attack things and try to go through life and try to do things. And it just seems to never change. But you know what? You just need a little more power in your life. It's called the Word of God. Because it is upon His Word that you will find the strength to face what God is asking you to do. And if you feel defeated in life, you need more power. You need more word. You need his word in your life because you're going to find out that he is for you and not against you. Once again, I want to remind you that the one who created the heavens and the earth is for you and not against you. Who could be against you? What opposition, what weapon formed against you can prosper? Tell me, please, because when I read the one who created the heavens and the earth is for me, it gets a little exciting to know that he will move heaven and earth to make it happen in your life. Because, see, that's who God is, a God who gives you the power and the strength. He doesn't leave you. He do, you know, Jesus doesn't ask you to do anything without supplying the necessary tools to do it. When Jesus asked, or when Peter and the disciples saw Jesus walking on the Sea of Galilee, which my son tried because he's in Israel, and I said, we did not name you Jesus. Your name is Tony. You're not going to walk on the water. And so he, but he tried. And uh, so he's over there. See, again, when, when the disciples saw Tony, or Tony, when the, disciples, <laughs> when the disciples saw Jesus walking on the water, they were afraid. They thought it was a ghost. And Jesus says, hey, guys, it's not a ghost. It's me. And Peter says, if it's you, Jesus, let me walk on the water. Jesus says, come on in. And, G and Peter gets out of the boat, and he starts to take that step. And Peter is walking, and he's like, whoa, this is great, right? And, and, you know, this is just my interpretation. 
Peter probably looked back at the boat. <laughs> Look at you guys. <laughs> and he turns around, sees the wind and the waves, and fear starts coming in his heart, and boom, he starts to sink. And what does Jesus say? Peter, 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 you of little faith. What do you mean, Jesus? I'm the one that got out of the boat. Because, see, Jesus gives you the ability to do things beyond your ability if you just believe him. But if you get caught up in the waves and the wind, if you get caught up in the moment, you're going to start to fall. But you know what the most beautiful part of that story is? Jesus goes over there and helps him. How many times are we sinking in life? How many times do we feel like we're failing God? And we're just waiting for that rebuke, that thing that Jesus is going to tell us, I'm so disappointed in you. But Jesus wasn't condemning to Peter. He says, Peter, just have faith. Just have faith. And he helps him up and he gets him back in the boat. That's God. So if you really want to understand who God is, get into his word. And that's the challenge for this week. And it's a challenge every week, every day. Get into his word. Because inside his word, you're going to find out that God is going to give you the ability to face tomorrow. Amen?